Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by Sam Jager, who you can currently see on your screens in The Handmaid's Tale, as well as The Devil in Ohio. Um, and starting with, with The Handmaid's Tale, I wanted to talk a little bit about when you first came into this role, because, you know, it's it's become a much more expanded and centralized role within this within the show over the last few seasons. Mm -hmm. But when you first came in, it was, it was for a one-off episode. Um, and it sounds like you'd been a fan of the series for a while. And I'm always interested in, in what, what were the really useful details for you to look at in terms of the script that you had in front of you and figuring out this character but also just that essence of already having an idea of what the tone of the show was how it was approaching storytelling being able to see that the way that the other actors were embodying their characters that really helped you in in formulating him at the beginning yeah well you know I be I, I became more a fan after I was cast in the show but I I had seen the pilot and then I kind of chose um once I got the call for the audition um to uh to not see too much of what happened in in Gilead um uh because I felt like that would have I don't know I just felt like it would inform too much of you know I didn't want to have any sort of outs you know I wanted to keep that outside perspective on all those things but uh um but the caliber of the show and the specificity of the show and the, you know, just how they hit the ground running uh, was so immediately apparent from the pilot on. And, um, you know, you're especially in an era where people say, boy, you know, the once you get it three or four seasons into that series, it gets really good. And I just am like, can't it be good for like the jump? And Handmaids was was great from the jump, and so uh, to be a part of that has been uh, one of the thrills of, of my life. Yeah, and because you're talking there as well about some of the things that you intentionally wanted to keep a little bit of distance from in terms mm -hmm. of your character's knowledge, but also for yourself, um, I was interested in the way that you did that with the character of Serena because there's very much, you know, an admiration and an affection for the idea of who she was before mm -hmm. Gilead from your character that we've seen really grow and and blossom throughout the show for him. Um, and it sounds like that was an intention as well of not learning too much about her character, really only seeing what he would see so that he could retain that lens and so how does distancing yourself from this from the scripts or certain scenes or certain things that you're watching in the episodes really help in formulating that that feel of an outsider but also in building that that admiration because he can then tell himself whatever story he wants right right you know uh there was a an episode where they flashed back to what serena who serena was before Iliad, and that was the one episode i kind of focused on uh, and preparing the character because it felt like, and I think it's paid off in the years since, you know, that Mark um, is enamored with not who Serena became in Gilead, but who she was before that. She was like a firebrand and a, and a feminist and very highly intelligent. And, and I think he got attached to who that was. And then to, it 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 took him a while to realize that that woman is you know has faded into the distance and this this woman who is you know in the early seasons uh, seeking more and more power and trying to hold on to it, um, but uh, I think he sees he tries to see the good in people and I I I try to do the same and uh, um, 
and trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, I, I, I think one of the things that I like about Mark is um, I think he kind of has that old adage in his mind at all times, which is, you know, um, everyone is carrying a heavy burden, you know, so be kind. And I think he sees all these people struggling in this really ruthless time. And they're all making, um, I guess, mistakes along the way. So, and um, with what with what you're saying there as well, in terms of of that dynamic with Serena, and you know how over time he really saw the version that she had become in Gilead more clearly. Mm-hmm. This last season, in essence, almost gets to strip some of that away again, though, and go back to the the space somewhere in the middle between where she's been and where she had started from because her relationship Mm -hmm. with Gilead has completely changed and that power that she had has been stripped away. She herself has gone through becoming a mother and that's changed her priorities a lot. And so how did that Mm -hmm. open up a lot of the space that you and Yvonne wanted to be able to play to together in terms of that emotional plane that always exists between them very quietly and very subtly? Yeah, we were very curious once we read that I think it was episode four or five where they kind of have their their moment where they both acknowledge their uh relationship um we were we were skeptical we didn't want to go too far with it and and so we were kind of dancing around it even in that scene um but I think the, the testament to the writing on the show is that you you can we we built these characters and through the subtext uh, you know through what's not being said and and what's only minor you know um, occasionally glimpsed in the scripts that you can see that there's a, a, a tension and a uh, an attraction but they uh, they tamp it down you know because to admit would be too dangerous. And within that as well, it also means that that the way that your character moves around her, but even just in the world is always very specific and very nuanced. You know, when he's having mm. the conversation with her this season about trying to convince her that she should stay in a safer, protective space rather than making the choice that she wants to for herself. There's a moment where he touches her arm and even just something as small as touching her arm feels like a huge action within the realm of mm. their characters and the world of the show. And so do you find that you have to make very specific and much more nuanced choices in terms of body language and mannerisms and physical elements with a character. Yeah, I think he's very calculated and so is she and they're very formal in their relationship. So I like to say that though the the show is is present day, their relationship is very much like an Elizabethan romance that it feels like Pride and Prejudice or something or you know, their sense and sensibility where you're just kind of, you know, these two people are reserved and, and something like you said, just uh, him uh, holding her, you know, uh, just uh, holding onto her elbow and as she turns, um, you know, is, uh, is a large step for him. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think that's, we just kind of built that, um, throughout the course of the series. And then, you know, one thing you're always trying to do is stay true to what you built and you never want to, you know, let it fall apart. And there's a, I think they've they've built a good 
tension between these two for a long period of time, but it was nice to see it, I think, pay off a little bit this season. And when you first took on the role, did you find that sense of of stoicness in him quite early on? Because it's something where he, in the position that he's in and the way that we get to know him in the show is always within his job and his profession. And mm-hmm. so there's a real necessity for him to keep a lot underneath the surface. So there's a lot of things with him in a character that he would probably love to say out loud, but knows that he can't say and knows that he can't express. And so particularly at the beginning where he didn't know the other characters as well, we didn't see as many of those elements on the surface as we do at the moment. Mm. Yeah, very true. Yeah. I mean, he's, he has to keep all of his cards close to his chest. I think he realizes that he's in a precarious position trying to hold on to what's left of democracy and, uh, and navigating all these people with uh, very visceral emotions uh, and, and also lots of trauma is uh, is an important task you know, but he deals with refugees, I think, a, a lot, Mark does. And so he understands where they're coming from and is willing to hold space for them. I love that phrasing that you just said in terms of holding space, because there's there's a lot of scenes where that is ultimately what your performance is giving to the other characters in them needing to be allowed an emotional outlet, them being able to mm-hmm. express anger or frustration or hurt or pain and him having to kind of very much be the person that just lis- listens to them and holds that mm-hmm. space for them emotionally. What are some of the challenges that come with filming scenes like that, though, because it's less about a kind of back and forth exchange in the same realm, but very much giving a different energy over to what they're giving you in a scene. Yeah. I think it's uh, a good question. Uh, One of my great influences in my life and also my career is is my wife. She's an amazing actress, but she's also um, an impeccable listener. And she listens to the our, our children, and she also she gets my friends to open up in ways that are just so um, unique. And she just um, I remember one time we had a, our friend Jeff over, and Jeff was my you know childhood buddy, and it was halftime of a football game, and Amber and Jeff were out back, and I was listening to the window, and and uh, and. I could hear Jeff talking to Amber in a way that he didn't talk to me. And I thought, how, how is my wife able to do this? How can she get people to open up in a way that I, I can't, I mean, here it is my, my, one of my childhood friends and my wife is able to get him to tell her more than he's ever told me. And at that very moment, as I'm thinking this, I hear through the window, my wife say, how do you feel about that, Jeff? And there was a long pause. And then I heard Jeff say, well, and then he proceeded to tell her exactly how he felt. And I thought, oh, that's it. That's what she does. She holds space. And when the time is right, she allows, you know, somebody to explain or to you know, feel how they feel. And I, I, I think at some, at some point in the series, I took that into the work I do with Mark, which is you know, holding space for people that are, you know, who've clearly lived through a lot uh, more than Mark has. And so, you know, he's always navigating 
but he I think he realizes that he can uh, glean a lot more and gain a lot more from listening than from trying to push people in a direction they don't want to go. I love that. And, and I mean, also equally the dynamic that he has with June and and that you and Elizabeth must play often in each other does allow different sides. There's times where he allows for that space and he does create that, but also there's times Mm. where she's antagonistic towards him because she's frustrated that he can't give her everything that she needs and he will push back on her and, you know, they will enter conflict in moments in discussion and discourse with one another um and so what's the way in that that's really opened up this character and and the way that you can play to him and scenes differently in the fact that kind of going back to that idea of at the beginning it had to be you know very by the book very protocol driven as a character and now he can sit in june's living room and push back just as hard as she's pushing him sometimes if the moment calls for it yeah yeah the the uh, joys of this last season um, is watching uh, that relationship kind of bloom where they have a different dynamic than anybody else in this series. I think the only equivalent, I mean, we saw might be um, Ellie Whitford's character and, um, uh, Aunt Lydia, you know, Commander Lawrence and Aunt Lydia have a little diplomacy as well. But there's not the, uh, we see an affection that these two and an admiration that they've built over this season. And I think that's come from Mark. I think, I think June starts to see that Mark, yes, he is trying to, he is calculated, but his, his aim is true. You know, he's, he's an earnest guy trying to do the best he can, but he's, he's got a, a lot of, uh, spinning plates. And uh, but I think there is I think there is an admiration and it's fun to watch this year uh, how their relationship has flourished. And with the devil in Ohio as well, it's interesting because that's also a character that, again, is is very much creating space at times for his wife. And he really understands the trauma that she's gone through in her childhood. You know, even mm-hmm. if it's something that the their children aren't aware of, he's he's not afraid to kind of tell them, you know, there's reasons for for what's happening in our family and the way things are happening right now and bringing someone else into that dynamic. But at the same time, mm-hmm. he's he's very much an active participant in the fact that, that he has things that he needs in that dynamic as well. And so what was the difference in creating a dynamic like that with Emily where there's moments mm-hmm. where he's creating space for her, but also he's very much someone who has a lot of wants and needs and is able to create that for himself as well when he needs it. Yeah, I think that I, I think their relationship has been uh, is different in the, in the fact that it's they've in, they've been together since they were in high school, and that relationship there are certain there's an understanding, uh, uh, you know, a uh, a just a long you, you we had to jump into those characters and feel you know allow the audience to feel like oh these these two I buy this you know you see them on screen and you buy it these people have been together since they were babies you know since they were teenagers and uh and I have um siblings who've been together with their spouses since high school and uh you know there's a there's a there's a common ground there that um it's not like they don't work at it you know they have to they have to, every relationship needs, needs to be worked on. Um, 
you know, upkeep. And so I think in in Devil in Ohio, we're we're kind of seeing these two kind of at a crossroads where they definitely have a different opinions about how the family needs, which direction the family needs to go. And I think that uh, Peter, the character in Devil in Ohio, um, trusts that his wife is going to, even though it, he doesn't agree with the decision of bringing this girl into the family, he trusts that, well, she hasn't steered clear or she, you know, she hasn't steered us wrong in the past or, you know, she's, you know, she makes sound decisions. And so I think one of the challenges of this, that, that storyline is watching how things go from just slightly off to bad to worse and uh, how he just never, he puts his foot down, but it's only, it's almost too late at that point. I mean, there's also a moment where he kind of admits to his kids, like, I don't really know what's going to happen and Mm. kind of shows his vulnerability and his own fragility in front of them. But at the same time, he's still their parent and he's still the authority figure and he still has to kind of hold everything together for them. And so how did you find that balance of the fragility and vulnerability, which he does actually allow them into that side of himself, but also at the same Mm. time needing to be the person that's maintaining a sense of stability and maintaining a sense of everything's going to be okay for them that's cool mara you're picking up on a lot of great scenes in these series yeah that's one of the the scenes that uh um that daria wrote uh, so beautifully that uh you know you don't really have to work hard at trying to figure out what's there you know the, the hardest part about being a, a parent is uh, you end up having to be not the parent you you thought you'd be but you have to be the parent that's right for the kid. And in that moment, it's a it's a beautiful scene between uh, you know, a, a father and his daughter where he just has to say, This is the truth, and I'm I don't have any answers and I don't know what those are. And I think as a parent, you know, it's uh, when I started parenting, I thought I, I'm a, I better have all the answers for my kids. And now I'm realizing it's, it's, it's much more, I think it's better for them to see, oh, oh, this is a human. And here he is way older than me and still struggling with making the right decision. And, and, uh, and so that's, that's kind of what I, I try to take into my work with these stories. You know, I've played dads for quite a quite a while in my career and I just try to um, take some of that into you know what I've learned from being a, a father into my work and uh, yeah that's that, I love that scene because it, it's really just a moment he says you know I'm just going to stop parenting and tell you that I'm I'm as lost and as troubled as you are but that's how it is and and uh, I think it's a moment that allows you know, you allow it to grow up instead of telling them how to feel. And was there a difference in in how you were able to approach your work on a show like that? Because obviously the the arc for your character is is kind of fully mapped out for, for something like mm-hmm. Devil in Ohio, um, but for things like Handmaid's Tale and Parenthood, and you've, you've done a lot of extensive episodic work where you're really kind of getting a lot of the pieces as they come together and, and having to, to create choices that you can potentially go in different directions on a season from now. Um, and so did that mm-hmm. create a difference for something like Devil in Ohio in, in having more of a finite idea? 
idea of where this journey might go for your character at the beginning? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I was able to kind of coordinate that with Daria and, and kind of craft where the story was going um, in a different way. One of the most frustrating things as an actor is when you get a couple episodes into a season or a series, a character, and then all of a sudden there's a line that says like, I'm from Boston. And then you're like, I'm from Boston? I, I probably would have prepared a Boston accent, you know, a little bit. It's, you know, so, um, you know, so knowing also knowing that Devil in Ohio took place in Ohio. Uh, I grew up in Northwest Ohio. And so I knew, I, I, I knew well, I've lived that life. And, and, uh, and so it was much easier to jump into rather than um, trying to, you know, figure the character out as you go. Yeah. And also with a limited series like that, you know, um, you got to, like I said, with, uh, you know, about Emily and I, you got to get it right from the jump. You don't have episodes to kind of warm into the characters and the family. You just got to be a family immediately. And that's one of the challenges and one of the, uh, the strengths of these limited series is that as an actor, it's fun to come in and say, okay, how do we get going? You know, uh, how are we, you know, just landing uh, and finding this family and believing that they're a family immediately? That's a, that's a fun challenge. And, and with that essence of family as well, you know, the, the space that that takes them to at the end of the series is that the, the journey that they've gone right. in has brought certain things to the surface for them and, and created certain, you know, fractions in their relationship that, did exist before, but have just come to a head because of everything that they've been experiencing. And so at the end, we see them in this space of not together, but not being ready to walk away from each other, not giving up on each other because there is still so much love there and that they feel like there is a way to work their way back to each other. And so when you know that, that that's in essence where you're carrying a relationship too, but that you need to be able to bring certain things out along the way that are going to create that conflict to bring it to that space. How did you and Emily approach finding what that would be scene by scene, episode by episode, so that you could carry them to that space in the final episode. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's mapped out because we, you know, we knew it was eight episodes, and we some of some of the struggle for me, Andres, was I, I. There were some there were some notes about the characters wanting to to for the for us to really root for these two as a couple that there that was kind of like a note from the top like we want to believe that you know that we want to like this couple and root for them and i thought well that's that's not that's interesting but i i don't give a shit about that i can't play that what i care about is whether they're believable and if they're believable then we're going to see him struggle with you know uh failing in his business and uh and how, you know, just the, the struggles you have in a, in a relationship where you're balancing all these other personalities and what space and time do you have for each other? And, and uh, that's interesting to me. Um, and I, 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 I'm always pushed back on, on notes that feel um, uh, like a third person. You know, I, 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 I can't play likable. It just, it's, feels like 
beige. It's not, it's neither here nor there. Um, so trying to get specific about that in the, in the story is, is I think, uh, hopefully what I, what I try to bring to the, to every project I come into. That's really great. I, I also wanted to ask you about the use of music and character preparation, because I've heard you mention mm. that even when you're auditioning for roles, that that's already something where you start building together and putting together a playlist, um, you know, particularly yeah. for roles on two shows like this. I was interested in how even beyond the audition stage, that becomes part of your process in really finding character or kind of getting into a headspace that you need to for particular tones, because you, you must have amassed quite quite the repertoire of playlists at this point in your career. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's kind of cool. My uh, uh, one of my good friends is uh, uh, an actor, uh, Jonathan Majors, and he and I talk about when when we when he goes into work. There's kind of a a series of songs that he plays that kind of get him into that space. And for me, it, it's usually um, relationships. You know, it's there's songs that you find that that really encapsulate this character's tension and yearning with that character and uh trying to find that is always fun i've uh music's always been a huge part of my life and my, my grandmother was a classical pianist and my my father played the flute my aunt and uncle played the oboe and the french horn and uh and now to see my eight-year-old just so fascinated with playing the piano it's like wow it's, i carry that into the work that i do and um and it's uh I think it's it's just a it's an easy way to drop in, you know. It's a you know there's smells and sounds and sights that are that uh, create such nostalgia instantly, you know. Like this time of year, you know, you smell cloves or you know in in a kitchen, and you're like, oh, it's Christmas time or it's Thanksgiving. You walk into a room and it. And I and I think music is that for me. Like how to get into this character every day. I got to remind myself where I'm, where I was in the scenes we shot before, and where you know, it's not theater. You know, you have to jump into a scene that you you know, you know, a month after you shot the scene right before it, and to try to you know, one thing you can do is bring music along to say, oh yeah, I know where we were. This is. This is where he's where he is right now emotionally, and this is where we're going. That's so wonderful. Well, it's it's so great to see you in both of these projects because I think as a performer, they really show a lot of the breadth and different spaces that you often play to in different roles. So thank you so much for your time oh, today you. talking about both of these. Appreciate it.